to glory to glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join with us now as Pastor Joe Pettick teaches from the book of Revelation, chapter 14. If you could please turn with me to Revelation chapter 14, picking up in verse 6. The title of our message this morning is Faith That Works. I was sharing the Lord with uh, someone on Friday, and, and this person, I frequently talk to him about the Lord. He's read the Bible, he said a few times, and he's, he's still searching, and he has a lot of questions. And, and I really love talking to him because he, you know, he's got a lot of good, deep Bible questions, and what about this, and what does the Bible mean about that, or how come this, and how come that. And this last time when we spoke, he asked me a question about Christians, and he said, he says, you know, I know a lot of Christians, he says, but when I see their lives, he says, they, they don't really walk as we would think that Jesus would have them to walk. They don't, you know, he says, in many cases, the Christians I know are even worse than the normal, the people I know that are not Christians. And then he went on to say that, you know, he, since he's read the Bible, he walks as Jesus walks. He's kind to people. He's compassionate. He puts other people first. And, he, and he's talking about a works relationship that he has with God. So I did my best to try to break it down. We've already talked about being born again and how he needs the Holy Spirit and all these type of things that he's still lacking. But I just wanted him to understand, you know, the Bible says in James that we're, we're to have a faith that works. But we're not just to have works without faith. Because either one separately is dead. James says, if you have faith and no works, then basically your faith is dead. And so we should have a faith that works. And I explained that to him. He, I think he kind of understood it. And he was, you know, I'm just kind of planting all these seeds in him. And it's just been a wonderful time. But as Christians, I hope that we understand that we're to have a faith that works. We're to have a faith that, that there's a change that takes place. There's, you know, it should inspire us to do the works of the Lord. It should inspire us to do the things of God. It should inspire us to, to, to go out of our way for other people and deny ourselves. And I believe it's a good reminder for us today that we're, we're to have a faith that works. But also, it's a good reminder as we talk about faith that works, we have a faith that does work. Do you understand that? I mean, in our faith in Jesus Christ, it works. It works in us to change us as we apply the word of God, as we, where we're led in the Holy Spirit, as we count on the, the empowerment of God's Holy Spirit. We have a faith that works. We have a power in us that I wonder sometimes, do, do Christians really get that? I know Pastor Nick was here, and he just did a wonderful job last Sunday, and we had our men's retreat, and that was so powerful. And, and just a reminder that, I, you know, so many Christians, I think, are being ripped off spiritually. They, they give into the flesh. They give into the world. And, it, and they, many times, there's a stronghold in their life that's just holding them captive, that's holding them back for all that God has for us, for you, for me. And I don't know about you, but I was so inspired. I'm like, Lord, I want everything. Seriously, we had a lot of people stand up on, on Sunday and just uh, the, the men's retreat. I think about 80% of the guys just stood up. And we're, I believe, you know, the guys were standing just say, we want everything that you have. We don't want anything that's going to hold us captive. Nothing. And I believe, listen, I believe if the church was like that today, if the church would count on the power of the Holy Spirit today, I believe there would be a huge change in the world today. If the, the church would rise up. 
But I believe that the enemy is just so crafty and he knows exactly what your temptation is. He knows exactly what my temptation is. And he's out there putting temptation in front of us and, and, and putting things in front of us. He says, no, no, take hold of this. And I believe many Christians, and if I'll even go as far to say, I believe most Christians today are walking, you know, not in the power of the Holy Spirit, but they're, they're walking in the power of the flesh. And I believe it could be as simple as one thing in your life, one thing in your life that you need to let go of. And I would encourage you, let it go. The world we're living in today, it's pretty dark, isn't it? Would you ever believe that you would be in a presidential uh, t- time of voting today and just in your like kind of spun out like, whoa, what is going on? I mean, what, this is craziness that's going on in front of us. This world needs Jesus. And this world needs Jesus and this world needs to see Jesus. And it's not a, to discourage, but to encourage us as the church, the, the church of the living God to, to rise up and walk by faith to walk by the power of the Holy Spirit. We have a faith that works, amen? And it's just a matter of it. It's not a, it's not a crazy thing. It's not a difficult thing like, oh, I don't know. I got to pray more. I got to do this more. I got to get on my knees. I got to get up every morning. I got to do all this. No, it's a matter of just turning, turning away from sin, turning away from this world and saying, God, use me. May I have a faith that works in this dying world. So let's read and let's see in this text these many things we're going to look at, but one of the things we're going to look at is the faith that works. So let's take a look. Can we stand again? Let's go ahead and stand. So Revelation chapter 14, verse 6, the apostle John writing this, saying, Then I saw, this is John, another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. And another angel followed, saying, Babylon has fallen, has fallen, that great city, because she she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast in his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever. And they have no rest, day or night, who worship the beast in his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God, works, and the faith of Jesus, faith. Then I heard a voice from heaven saying, write, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, works, And their works follow them. Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud. And on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a crown of gold, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Thrust in your sickle and reap. For the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who sat on the cloud thrusted in his sickle on the earth, 
and the earth was reaped. Then another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar who had power over fire, and he cried with a loud cry to him who had the the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vines of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. So the angel thrusted his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trampled outside the city, and blood came out of the winepress up to the horse's bridles for 1,600 furlongs. Lord God, we pray you just would give us great understanding in how this applies to us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You could be seated. Is that heavy stuff? Do you remember there's a blessing for those that hear the word of this prophecy? A blessing for those that read the word of this prophecy, but there's also a blessing for us that apply the words. There's a threefold blessing. There's no other book in the Bible like the book of Revelation that has a threefold blessing. So don't listen to people that say, oh, why are we reading the book of Revelation or why isn't it locked up? No, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's the the unveiling of Jesus Christ. No other book unveils Jesus Christ the way that this book does. And why so many people, I say, that are afraid of this book because I believe they're afraid of the fact that there's going to be a a final judgment that's going to come to this earth. And I, I believe if you're walking in the world and if you're walking according to the ways of the flesh and you're not walking with the Lord, this book should scare the daylights out of you. But if you're walking in the Spirit and if you're a born again Christian today, this book should be great for you because you realize you're going to escape the wrath that'll come upon this earth today. Do you know judgment is coming? How many millions of babies have we aborted over these since uh, Roe versus Wade? I don't know, 56 million or 57, 57 million babies. And you think that the, the United States of America is just going to get a pass? Oh, no judgment. No, judgment is coming. And we're reading about the judgment of the Lord that's going to come upon the earth. This is what we're reading. We're reading about a, a, a vision that John has in the last days. He's able to somehow see into the future and to see events and, you know, Many times people ask, well, what's going to happen? Well, guess what? It's in the book. And this is what's going to happen. And did you notice that, that God uses angels? And they take a majority role in the end time scenario? We're, we just read, I don't know how many times we read, and an angel, and an angel, and an angel. The day we're living in, I believe, today, angels are working, but they're more so in the background, I believe. It's not like we see angels flying around and stuff. But in this day, in the, in the time of tribulation, when we're up in heaven already, we're raptured, the church is raptured, there's going to be devastation that's going to hit the earth, but angels are going to be involved, good angels and bad angels, and, and they're going to be able to see these angels. Isn't that fascinating? I kind of think through that, and I think, you know, that's one of the things, when I get to heaven, I, I, I'm excited about seeing Jesus. I'm very excited about seeing him. I'm very excited about seeing my loved ones that have gone to be with the Lord, aren't you? And once we step in heaven, we're never going to be separated from the love of God. We're going to always be with him, and we're going to have a great celebration, and it's going to be a wonderful place. But another thing we're going to see is we're going to see these angels. And I believe it's going to be fascinating to, to observe angels and, and to see what they look like, the different shapes and their wings and the, the different ways that they look. But the people on the earth are going to see an angel, the different angels, three, as we read about right here. They're going to see these angels. Did you notice in verse 6, if we can look back there, I'll put it up on the screen. And John says, then I saw. Now he's looking to the future. And he says, I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach, 
to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. The word heaven there speaks of a place that, that's like high, where the sun is at at high noon. It's in the sky, and he's going to be in the sky at like with a place where, you know, up in the sky high enough where people can see. And then, so, but do you notice every nation, every tongue, every people, everyone's going to see from all over the world, they're going to see this flying angel. And he has the message of the gospel. You know, I think through this, and I think about, remember the 144,000? They're, they're kind of like the boots on the ground, right? The 144,000? They're going to be sharing the gospel on the earth. And, but now, you know, air support's coming. Because they're not going to be able to reach everybody. There's 144,000. They can only reach so many with the gospel. So then it's like, okay, they've reached as many as they can. Okay, now we, get, shh, air, we need air support. Air support's coming. And everybody sees. And everybody hears the gospel, the everlasting gospel. That's how merciful God is. That's how gracious God is. During this time, there's going to be so much rebellion against God. Many are going to be following the Antichrist and the false prophet. There's going to be a one-world religion. There's going to be a mark that you have to take to buy or sell. And, and as all this is taking place, and I, I believe it's getting ready, they're all ready to take the mark, and it's, it's told to us already that, you know, basically, if you don't take the mark, you're going to be killed, you're going to be beheaded, and all that's taking place. And I believe they're just all ready. Okay, let's get in line. We can't buy ourselves. And they're all getting in line. It's like, well, wait a second. What's up there? What's in the air? It's an angel from God. And basically, the third angel is going to come, and he's going to say, don't take that mark, or you won't go to heaven. And this angel is saying, worship God. Fear God. Fear the one that made heaven and earth. Look to him. Don't take the mark. Don't follow the false prophet. Don't follow that antichrist that is this you know, charismatic leader. He's fake. The gospel's going to go out, and people are going to have another chance. And it, just, it shows me the mercy and grace of God, doesn't it? What an opportunity. We're not going to have that opportunity. You know that? We're going to heaven. We're going to be raptured. But these guys are going to have an opportunity to see an angel sent from God saying, you know, proclaiming the everlasting gospel, telling people in the next verse, fear God, give him glory. The hour of judgment's come. Now's your last chance. It's like last call. Last call. Judgment's coming. It's up to you. I'll tell you, we went to the men's retreat, and God did some marvelous things out there. God did some wonderful things with the guys, and something every year something special happens when the guys break away and we have a retreat, and God just meets with us, and it's like, every year I'm like, I can't believe it, it's gone to another level, and it goes to another level, and I'm like, last year I thought, there's no way, someone got saved, and then, you know, God just, just you know, just worked a special work of his spirit in us, it was just, and then this year it just went to a whole other level. So much so, there's a gentleman that was there, he's in his 40s, and he, and he said, this was the best weekend of his entire life. His entire life. Someone else, the Lord just spoke to him out there in a powerful way and you know, encouraged him to you know, get more involved in the plays because he's got a, a gift of acting and he's just all in and he's just like putting his hand to the plow. He's like, God spoke to me, man. I, I need to get more involved. God's given me this gift. I, I need to use it. As we talk about giving God glory and fearing and reverencing him and worshiping him, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Because that's what we're created to do. And we, when we do that, you know, things happen in a wonderful way when we just turn away from this world. But as we, we speak of the gospel, you know, he had the gospel. Gospel simply means, you, you know this, but it means good news. 
He's spreading the good news. This angel's up there spreading this good news. I, I bet you, you know, people are going to be on their iPhones and their phones. They're going to be, you know, recording this and taking pictures, and they're just going to be. But are they going to listen to the message? Are we sharing the gospel? Are we sharing the good news? Have you ever shared the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ with someone, and someone says, yeah, I would like to pray that prayer. I'd like to receive Christ. Has that ever happened to you? There's people here going like this. Other people are like, well, not really. Not sure, maybe one, no, I don't think so. That's okay, but we're called to do that. I I just want to tell you, there's nothing like it. When you share the gospel of Jesus Christ and and someone gets it and they're like, wow, I I really want to pray. I want to receive Christ in my life. And they end up praying and they receive Christ and you watch them. Sometimes you even watch them transform right before your eyes. My sister, when she prayed for me, I'm telling you, I was transformed right before her eyes. I mean, I don't want to sound too weird and spiritual, but she literally said, this is my sister, this is what she said. She says, I literally saw black stuff come out of you, is what she said. (laughs) I said, I didn't see it, but I sure feel it. I was radically changed. In an instant, just boom. Yeah, God's working, you know, his work in me and sanctifying me day by day. But, but you know, the gospel is so bad. I was just, just basically praying to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I bowed my head. I said, God, forgive me of all my sins. I made a mess out of my life. And he came to live inside of me. And I have not been the same since. Are we sharing the gospel? Do you know most people come to the Lord through friendship and relationship and through a relative? Did you know that? I read a statistic. They did a a statistic of 14,000 Christians, and they asked them the question, you know, what or who was responsible for you coming to Christ into church? 2.3% said they just walked into a church and they they came to know the Lord. That's only 2.3%. Two, excuse me, 2 to 3%. 5 to 6% was from a pastor. That's pretty low, isn't it? I thought it'd be at least in 50%. Wow. One or two percent, someone visited them, probably in a, like a nursing home or something like that. That's one or two percent. Four to five percent. And this one baffles me. Listen to this. Sunday school. I thought Sunday school would just be like 80 to 90 percent, but four to five percent, right? Check this out. Evangelistic crusades. Anybody just take a guess. Just try. Just a percent. Throw a percent out at me. What's that? 12, 30, 15, 6. How about a half a percent to one percent? The largest number comes from friends and relatives, 75 to 90 percent. 75 to 90 percent. I came through my sister. She prayed for me. She shared with me, and that's why I'm standing here. How about you? Why don't we do a survey? Let's do a survey. You ready? If you came to the Lord through a friend or relative, raise your hand. Look Look around, everybody. Come on. Keep your hand up. Through a relative or a friend, raise your hand. Look at that. Another one goes up. Another one goes up. Keep them. No, no, please keep them. I want everyone to look around. Um, What would we say? 75% of the room? 80% of the room? 90%? I mean, it's high. Okay. Put your hand down. Uh, You just walked into the church and you gave your life to Christ. One. Okay. Percentage. Great. That's That's two or 3%. It's only less than 1%. About 1% here. Okay. Through a pastor. Hands, one, two, three. Come on, guys, help me out. <laughs> Four, five. <laughs> okay, someone visited you, maybe came to your house or knocked on your door or anybody. One. See, the percentage is one to two percent. These percentages are great. Sunday school. Okay, okay, let's see. 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Anybody else? Eleven in the back. These statistics are right on, aren't they? It says four to five percent. Evangelistic crusade. One. Charlie. Is there, I'm sorry, one. Is there another one? Does someone else have their hand up? Two. Anybody else? Three in the back. Three. She's swaying like this. Yes. Was it Greg Laurie or Billy Graham or Greg Laurie? Yeah. All right. Wow. You know what that tells us? We need to tell our friends. We need to continue to multiply. That's awesome. The angel, he's doing the wrap-up crew. He's doing the last call crew. But it's our job here to share the good news. But check it out. Look back in your text if you can with me. Verse 8. Verse 8 says, and another angel followed. So this is the second angel. So are you getting the picture? There's an angel. Everybody can see this angel. He's flying through the air. He's sharing the gospel. He's telling people to glorify God, fear God. He created you. So do you notice the cre- he created everything? Kind of debunks ev- the evolution that's going around right now. And then, so now the, the follow-up. There's another angel that comes, and he says, Babylon has fallen, has fallen, the great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. When we get to uh, chapter 17 and 18, we'll talk more about Babylon. Uh, in a general sense, there's, there's actually there's a, a religious Babylon and there's a commercial Babylon. We'll talk more about that at another time. But basically, uh, the city, it says, possibly some believe that uh, the Antichrist might have his headquarters there in, uh, in Babylon, there in Iraq. It's possible. That's what, uh, but basically, it's the world system is falling. The Antichrist and the rebellion and all the false religion and all this stuff, the, the angel's saying, don't put, your bank, don't put your money in that bank because it's falling. The Antichrist's days are over. So he's proclaiming that and warning the people that his days are numbered. And, and I want to point something out before we look at the next angel. The people are going to know exactly what this means. I mean, we might look at this and say, Babylon, what's that? And, you know, we... You know, we, you know, we we're, you know, kind of dissecting it and saying, well, it's, it's the world system, you know, led by the Antichrist. But guaranteed, this angel's going to go by. They're not going to be like, Babylon. What does that mean, Babylon? Wow. Cool. I don't understand. It's not, they're going to understand. They're going to know. They're going to know exactly what it means that the system that many people are banking in, it's just going to fall. The Antichrist is going to be judged. He's going to be tossed into the lake. They're going to know that judgment's coming and the, this system's going to fall and they're being warned. They know. Heard a story once of a lady went to a local convenience store and the owner had a new parrot. The parrot was there and she walked by and the, and the, the parrot was just so rude to her. She was saying something, you're ugly, you're ugly. And she's like, what? And she's walking away and, she went to the owner. She says, you know, that parrot has to go. She says, or I'm not coming back. It's the rudest parrot I've ever met in my life. And the owner apologized, said, I'm so sorry, ma'am. That won't happen again. So the, the, the owner took the parrot to the side and, you know, says, listen, you know, you're bad for business. If you keep it up, you got to go. And he says, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So he puts the parrot back out there. And the lady came in the next day, and sure enough, you know, he's looking down. He's trying not to look at her. You know, he's put his head down and looking up like this, you know. And then she looks at him, and he looks up and goes, you're ugly, you're ugly. And he says, oh, no. 
So she ran to the owner. She says, that's it. I told you I'm not coming back. He goes, no, please give me another chance. I, I, I guarantee he will not say that ever again. So the owner takes the parrot. He takes him in the back. He puts him in the freezer for, that's terrible. I'm not suggesting this. Locks him up in the freezer for just a minute or two, takes him out. And he says, you see that chicken in there? He says, that'll be you if you say you're ugly one more time. He says, you got it? He goes, I got it. I got it. Okay. So the lady comes in the very next day and she walks by and she's looking at that parrot and the pair looked back, looked back to her and said, you know. <laughs> I said all that to say, they'll know. They'll know that judgment's coming. It won't be something to the surprise. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.